0: Amazon Seller Journeys, one of my favorite podcasting formats where we go in depth with somebody who's been successful and tells us some tips and tricks that they've learned along the way. Today, I talked to Ben Leonard, who's the classic millennial entrepreneur, the founder of Beast Gear, built a business on a laptop, in a cupboard, in his spare time, but the difference here is that Ben grew this international seven-figure business and successfully exited it three years later, the business. Holy grail, as it were, he sold it to Thrasio, one of the first European brands that did, and he's since gone on to open up his own e-com brokerage. So today we'll bring on Ben. Selling on Amazon is difficult. It's everything but passive income. I share videos like this one to help Amazon sellers on their journey. My name is Stephen Pope, and I'm the founder of my Amazon guy. When Amazon turns your world upside down, tune into my Amazon guy to land safely and grow your Amazon business
1: on Amazon? The first thing I sold was a skipping rope or a jump rope, if you're in North America. Um, And that was the the first product and went on to become the flagship product product for the the first brand that I grew. And that brand was called Beast Gear. And the jump rope was called the the Beast Rope. And I sold that uh, in, uh, I first made a sale to someone I didn't know in about June 2016.
0: And when you say you first didn't know, what do you mean by that? (laughs)
1: <laughs> first first few sales were, were definitely friends and family um which was uh i think you know pretty pretty standard back then at any, at any rate you know um you're very excited to launch your first product hey guys i'm, I'm selling a, a product on amazon go 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 buy it and tell me what you think of it that kind of thing and then sure all of all of a sudden that turns into real real strangers that you don't know finding your product on the internet and buying it and um it's an amazing feeling when you first get those sales
0: so, so tell me like how how you came up with the idea and how did it come to matriculate and develop?
1: Yeah. So my, un, unlike a lot of people, I didn't have an idea to, to start a, a business selling products on the internet, let alone Amazon. I uh, stumbled into e-commerce. Um, my background is ecology and I was working as a, an ecologist at the time. And I needed to take a break from work. I got signed off by the doctor. I got quite sick and I had to take a break from my fitness hobbies. And I needed something to do. My, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, was, was studying and she was busy and encouraged me to, to spend my time on this idea to create a brand of fitness equipment. And when I first came up with the idea, I had no idea where I was going to sell it. I didn't even know that third party selling on Amazon was a thing. Um, But my scientific background gave me a bit of an unfair advantage to other people who were in my position because um, I was very used to um, testing a hypothesis, seeing what happens, analyzing the results, tweaking what I do and and going again. And so that kind of um, scientific mindset helped me in my learning by doing process. And very quickly, I discovered that a great place to find people who were in shopping mode was Amazon and I could like many other people, open a third-party selling account and start selling on there and use my, start building my own website on a, an easy platform like Shopify and acquire customers there. And I learned by doing and, and soon built out a whole suite of products.
0: And as you started to expand that, a lot of businesses run into challenges along the way. What was, what was the biggest challenge on
1: your story? Well, there were quite a few. Um, and at, at the time, it can be quite scary. But it always seems to turn into a great learning process um so i'll i mean there's quite a few challenges but here's one um intellectual property i fought off a pretty um vicious intellectual property attack so i'll give you the story i um i developed a product i it was a a a thick bar adjustment product. So it was um, like a sleeve that you'd put onto a barbell or a dumbbell to make it thicker and therefore more difficult to use. And uh, I worked with a professional product designer to take my layperson ideas and turn them into a reality. And then I had those ideas protected with a design registration, which is somewhat similar to what uh, in in the United States you'd call a patent. And I had that done with an IP attorney. And I'd I'd created a great product, which was better than the main competitor, which had been unchallenged for about a decade and was, frankly, overcharging customers. And so because I was charging customers a fair price. Can you do the
0: healthcare industry next, Ben? Oh, I'd love to. (laughs) Please. (laughs) People over here in the United States would be gracious if you could, you know, knock down the the cost by 700%.
1: (laughs) The system over here is somewhat different. Um. And so my product became the leader in the space because it was better and it was a fairer price. And so uh, this other brand was uh, somewhat upset about this, and they were—they were. This brand was owned by an enormous uh, corporation, and so they got in touch with me through some pretty uh, scary letters, telling me that I had to stop selling or um, face doom. And uh, they had my product suspended on Amazon. And, and as we all know, sometimes Amazon tends to uh, shoot first and ask questions later.
0: Never, never happens.
1: Not at all, no. <laughs> and so. Um, I don't have I like in-
0: a bulletproof vest that I sleep it with at night for my Amazon <laughs> account. Not at all.
1: Oh, man. And so, you know, you get that heart attack moment, right? When you open your account, there's a little red flag there. You know, your product's been suspended and you see what's going on. And the letters are, are very scary. And they knew, this organization knew that I was a, a one-person operation on a laptop in, in a spare room. And it was pretty clear to me from the letters that they had experience of doing this to other people in, in my position. And they I think they fully expected that I would just stop selling and go away. But I spoke with my IP attorney, and um, we did a bit of homework. And we discovered some interesting things. The first was that actually, as we knew, my product wasn't infringing on their patent. Um, Second thing was that uh, my product was entirely well protected by the design registration I had had done ahead of time. And the third, and this is the really hilarious one, was that the huge organization who owned that brand had acquired that brand, that product, from an entrepreneur similar to me, maybe a decade before. But the mistake that that entrepreneur had made was that he'd had his patent done on the cheap. And so the drawings for his patent were not very good And actually, when my intellectual property attorney looked carefully at his patent, we discovered that the drawings were so poor that they didn't actually protect their own product. So we went back to them and we said, look, Ben's product is not infringing on your patent. Here's why. And in fact, if you don't leave Ben alone, we're going to go to court and have your patent invalidated because it doesn't uh, properly represent your product. And very quickly they went away because they knew I'm sure they did. (laughs) They knew if we did that, the whole space would open up and the market would become flooded with well, knockoffs of their product. And my my product was not and is not a knockoff of their product, it's just a better version of it. And so they went away. Amazon reinstated my product, and my product went on to continue to become the leader in that space, but it was incredibly scary. Um, and I lost a lot of money. I tried to recover the cost of the lost sales from them um, from when my product was suspended and I tried to recover my legal fees, but I, I was hit with radio silence and I decided to just leave it at that. I was satisfied that I got reinstated and I made my point You're and back. Up. Yeah, and um, it was time to move on and put my energy into other things. So that was the biggest and scariest challenge I think I faced. but you know there's there's plenty of them. I think all all entrepreneurs uh, face a lot of challenges, but it's it's overcoming those challenges it can make life a lot easier like for instance i like to think of these challenges as hoops that you have to jump through like kind of like sonic the hedgehog right you jump through all the hoops the rings and you get the you get the the, the points right and sometimes when you get scared i, of these, I too
0: play video games
1: yes <laughs> sometimes when, when you get scared of these these hoops you have to jump through you just go away but actually if you if you go to the effort of jumping through them on the other side, you emerge ahead of the competition and in, in, in a land of opportunity. Um, I remember when I had to, it was 2017. So it was, it was before Brexit, before the UK left the EU. But nonetheless- I'm, to I'm to sure register, that made
0: your life so much easier, selling on Amazon.
1: Oh, it did then. I mean, Brexit has been a total minefield, man. I mean, it a massive disaster and probably the biggest mistake we've ever made in the UK. Um, but in pre-Brexit, to, to register- to sell in Europe on the PAN-EU program, you had to register for VAT in France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Poland, and the Czech Republic. And you had to register separately for every country in each local language and and jump through various hoops. And at first I thought, no, I'm not gonna bother. But then when I did jump through those hoops, I emerged on the other side. I practically doubled my sales overnight by moving from the UK into the PAN-EU system because so many of my competitors in the UK couldn't be bothered doing it. So it was like, you know, it was like a hunter gatherer emerging over the, the crest of a mountain to this lush valley of resources in front of him because it was unexploited. And I had gone to the effort of of scaling that peak where other people couldn't be bothered. So yeah, that was another challenge. And I think that was a big lesson, which was, you know, jump through the hoops. So so
0: that's a, that's a really good experience that you mentioned. Um, so along the way, uh, what advice would you give Amazon sellers to incorporate early on when they're building their business, right? So, so you had a very major pitfall that you overcame successfully, mm. which quite frankly, in, in the legal spirit, it's not very often you hear from a success case like this. Usually yep. you hear from the people that like gave up or left it alone. Right. So it's a very, you know, very unique situation. But as you went through, what sort of advice would you give Amazon sellers that they could learn from your journey?
1: well i mean this the obvious one on the legal side is get your intellectual property um uh in order straight off the bat and i i see it in the facebook groups a lot um people say how can i get a trademark and somebody replies whether it's the uk or the us or whatever saying oh you can do it for a couple hundred bucks just uh you know do it on this website no don't do that you know that's an absolute disaster i'm all for you know bootstrapping in the exciting time of trying to start your business without a lot of money but when it comes to intellectual property, don't scrimp. I made that mistake myself. Um, if people want to, they can even look it up. Um, if you look on the U intellectual property office website for the trademark for b Skear, you'll see a version registered in 2016. And then you'll see a set of identical marks registered a year later. And the reason for that is that the versions that I registered myself in 2016 were terrible, because I'm not an intellectual property attorney. And I made the mistake of thinking I could do it myself. A year later, I had them redone by a top, top intellectual property attorney. And the hope of the protection that those marks then gave the brand was far wider, which then protected the brand from other people trying to come into our space. And it also gave us um, a more valuable asset because intellectual property is an asset that adds value to your business when it comes to exiting, which is, you know, hopefully where everyone's going, which probably brings me, go on.
0: No, no, finish your thought.
1: Yeah, it probably brings me to the to the next point I would say to people starting out, which is build a brand. Because, you know, gone are the days of, you know, the gold rush of uh, 2014, 15, 16 of just sell stuff on Amazon for a quick buck. Um, anyone with, with, with vision should be building a brand and considering Amazon as one of several sales channels. And the end game ought to be making that brand into a valuable ad that you could sell. And the more the wider the moat you have around that brand with things like intellectual property, the better. So when
0: you were thinking about trying to, I mean, like the protection that you got that made it more valuable for your exit. So so let's cut to the chase now. So how did you exit and what what was the story there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So uh, I was about three years in, I started the brand in early 2016 and early 2019, um, I came to the realization that Uh, I could exit for a significant amount of money, which would be a a fantastic safety net for my family and pretty much set us up. Um, My wife was pregnant, we wanted to move house. And I was becoming aware of these, you know, whispers on the grapevine that mergers and acquisitions in e-commerce was becoming more mainstream. This was 2019, okay? Yeah, so before, before anybody exp-
0: even knew what Amazon aggregators were, right?
1: Exactly. I think Thracio officially became a company in, in September 2018, and so I approached. A, they I approached they just brokers. they
0: just announced their delaying going public. Uh, for-
1: That's correct. Yeah, yeah. and so their, that- their co CEOs just resigned.
0: And it's a pretty big shakeup in the space, but yeah. But but go, go on. We, we yeah, don't want sure. to go too far in the rabbit hole about, about yeah, that. It's it's a, that's
1: a massive topic. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. so I, I made the decision that I wanted to explore exiting and I, and I spoke to several brokers and I settled on one. And um, the process with that broker took longer than I would have liked for a variety of reasons, um, which in the end turned out to, to be quite good because for, two, for, for a couple of reasons. One was the longer it went on, the more I was continuing to grow my business. And so the value of it kept increasing. And two was that if I hadn't had a fairly mediocre experience with that broker, I wouldn't have decided to set up a better brokerage. So everything happens for a reason, I guess. And so throughout 2019, I continued to grow the business whilst um, things went on behind the scenes with that broker. Um, and ultimately, they did find me a buyer, which was you know good. Um, uh, my accountant came to the rescue and, and kind of helped to tidy things up a bit. And the business was sold uh, in uh, October 2019. And I can I can tell you who it was sold to because it's public domain. They use tons of their PR. It was Thrasio. Um, I'm pretty certain it was their uh, second European acquisition and probably their first British acquisition. That's, and, yeah.
0: that's, I mean, that's that's a pretty good storyline considering how big they are now, right? Like uh, yeah, um, thousand employees, several oh, hundred brand acquisitions. And so... Um, what a story. So, so tell me now when, when you've, you've taken these bad experiences first with the intellectual property and then found a win and doubled down, mm-hmm. right. Um, almost like an investigative reporter journalist, which I have a background yeah. in, which is why I kind of draw that conclusion. And then second, uh, you know, you, you, you found a way to exit and during that exit process, you had a negative experience, which led you to try and improve it. Right. So this is the entrepreneurial. Playbook 101, right? Have a terrible experience, be like, holy crap, this thing could be so much better if you just did the simple thing and systematize the thing. So, you did that first on a product business, now as a brokerage. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. So, the broker I used, um, the, the individual people were, were nice and, and good. Their system wasn't great. Um, and there, were, there was a, a lacking in the, uh, the, the accountancy skills department in particular. Um, rather than having uh, people with, with strong accountancy chops and mergers and acquisition chops running the thing, um, they basically had an SOP on how to uh, uh, pull some reports from Amazon and Shopify, slap them in a Google Sheet, and, and, and pull out a value. Um, so their process was somewhat lacking. And my accountant, Allison, she's got about 20 years' mergers and acquisitions experience and is an, account, uh, an accountant specializing in e commerce. So at the end of the process, we put our heads together and said, well, we could do a better job than that. Um, and we could combine our skill sets to make a better offering for sellers. We saw the gap and we, fil- we basically filled it. Um, in, in addition, there was no one really doing that in the UK. And we're in the UK, although we're, you know, we're working globally. And so it's all about spotting the gap and seeing how you can do something better. And I think what was really great with my with my brand Beast Gear was I was, you know, like many, many brands, the best ones are started by people who are scratching their own itch. So I was a fitness fan who felt like that the average for fitness fans who are the average Joe, we were underserved because the, the industry is so elitist. It's all about the, the fittest, the fastest, the strongest, the biggest. And I was saying, Hey, I'm an averagely fit guy, but I deserve really great fitness equipment. If you're like me, come join my tribe. And it worked for that brand. Right. And so with, you E-com built a brokers, community, right? Like we built, built a, we built a tribe. Yeah. We built a tribe. Of you, fitness you say, fans.
0: you say tribe, I think cult. Um, yeah, tri- tribe is a better word, by the way. But, but uh, the, the reason why I like the term cult is because it, it, the, the dichotomy that it explains, right? Like, there's a, a whole following, like, tribe's cool, but a cult's like, I'm in, right? Like, yeah, it's
1: like us or them. It's, it's like, it's like all in, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and so it's, yeah, an almost cult like evangelical following of fans for that brand. And so, with econ brokers, again, scratching my own itch I I understood what was lacking in the experience for the seller and I'm still an e-commerce business and brand builder partly because I love it and I know how to build a brand and make it a valuable asset and sell it but partly because I can't look our clients in the eye and say oh yeah I understand where you're coming from as an e-commerce business owner if I sold my brand in 2019 because the industry is moving so fast so I still have to have like in the trenches experience of what's going on and so you know, I felt like that—that that was important. It,
0: yeah, every year in e com is like five years in other time. So
1: yeah, it's kind of like dog years, I guess, or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's that's um, you know the scratching your own itch thing. And you look at a lot of, of businesses, and that's you know how it started. Look at Shopify, right? You know, I think Toby Lukie was um, was building a website for his snowboard brand and realized actually uh, a lot of people could do with a platform a bit like what I've built for for my brand. Um, I'll start selling that instead, you know. And I think that's the way a lot of uh, great businesses are, are, are formed. Is when you S- describe same thing it's- for my
0: Amazon guy. I, I've been for a decade prior to starting my Amazon guy. I sold on the corporate side as a digital marketer selling on Amazon, and I had my own brands, but I was much better at systematizing uh, the marketing, not the sourcing or the logistics, and so. That marketing led me to start the agency and scale that way. So yeah, it happens. It happens to everybody. All right. So uh, tell tell me this: uh, somebody starting today um, or trying to scale their million dollar brand and go to the next level. Um, what what are some core things that they they can't go alone on that they need support besides intellectual an property? And because you hit that one home
1: already. Yeah. Um, for me, it's all about if if you're not an expert in something um don't don't try and take it on yourself I think uh, one of the myths that I think is is put out there quite a lot is oh before you outsource something you have to do it yourself and become fantastic at it so that you can be sure that the people that are doing it know what they're doing yeah there's kind of a logic to that but having a, a a good enough understanding is 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 good enough before you outsource that and so getting stuff off your plate so you can work on what you're strongest at is something that I would really encourage people to do. And that can either be in the form of outsourcing potentially to an agency such as my Amazon guy, or it can be in the form of partnering. And so I read a book not long ago called um, Who Not How by Dan I have that one
0: on my shelf behind me.
1: Great book. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of partnering. So for instance, in the new baby brand that I'm building, I'm partnering because I'm better at the, the, the more high level visionary brand stuff. And my business partner, Mark, is more better at the nitty gritty operational side. And that's important to recognize your strengths and your weaknesses and understand where you should be putting your effort.
0: So, so for those that, I'll give another book recommendation. So Rocket Fuel and Traction. yeah So Ben just talked about how he's the visionary and his partner is the integrator. And if you don't have the duo there, it can be very difficult to go it alone. Um, so at my Amazon guy, I frequently fill both seats. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm a rare breed, uh, and it's not easy to do both. Uh, so, so yes, Ben, you've, I think you've rightfully identified that, that partnership success is, is very key. All right. So, so how you structure and, and where you focus your time and the who, not how, right. So, um, you gotta, you gotta delegate to elevate just like you Absolutely. mentioned. Um, what about, you know, what's your, what's your, th- Five minute hack today. Somebody could take action in five minutes today on their Amazon account that would improve their sales.
1: Position your brand as the uh, as the, the 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 guide on the journey for the customer rather than the hero. Uh, that's straight out of building a story brand by Don Miller. And so how that translates to Amazon is this: I think far too many people get too caught up in uh what is the the latest hack for 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 squeezing as many keywords as possible into my listing or what what can i do this to rank and what can i do that to rank whereas actually if people just sit down and ask themselves what is the problem my customer faces and what is the solution that they want and how can i tell them that my product or my brand is providing that solution and how can i tell them that their life will look better after we've provided that solution go and write your listing go and take your photos go and make your graphics go and do your enhanced brand content with that in mind so that you're telling that story and naturally your keywords will fall into position and naturally your copy your listing your your enhanced brand content will be much more compelling engaging and likely to convert i'm afraid that, that doesn't sound to you like too much of a hack because it's not a hack it's, just it's still a good how answer. it should be
0: yeah it's it's uh it's a criticism in some in some ways but uh, I like, I like asking that question because you never know what you're going to get. Um, all right. So, so Ben, you, you run ecom Brokers and somebody that would like to uh, utilize your service. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Uh, you can email me, ben at ecombrokers.co.uk, or you can go to our website, uh, and fill in one of the forms there to have your business valued or uh, fill in the form to get a free ebook. It's a UK domain, but we're working all over the world.
0: And, and you put out a bunch of content and you're always trying to teach and, and kind of express that. What, what, mm. what are the best ways to follow, follow you if somebody's not ready to, to hire you, but they just want to sure. hear what you have to say?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm on um, most of the social media networks, uh, Instagram, Ben Leonard Pro, Twitter, Ben Leonard Pro. I'm on LinkedIn. Just search Ben Leonard. And I'm on YouTube. Channel is Ben Leonard. And uh, you'll find all my information on there. Perfect. Um, and you already beat me to what I usually like to end is on the book request. So you already gave
0: a good one. The who not how is a fantastic book reference. Um, so Ben, thanks for coming on the my Amazon guy podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I, I think, uh, I think you've had a lot of value talking about how you, you really need to structure your business to have that success. So, so congratulations on, on exiting your business in three years. So uh, to, to the largest business acqu- acquirer in the entire space, a la Thrasio. Um, and congratulations on all of that well thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure all right we'll see you later ben cheers guys go to myamazonguy.com and check out our full service management we're a great agency to hire uh, for your first agency or or maybe you've got um, an agency that's in place that you've outgrown check us out as well we're a 30 person agency based out of the atlanta georgia area we share all of our trade secrets openly so you can you know, by the time you're done watching or listening to this podcast, there is some level of trust that you might have before you even get on a call with us. And that's because we basically just revealed our full strategy for you on how to grow sales on Amazon, right? Uh, so when you, when you start executing with us, we're gonna be executing about the things we just talked about. And, and it's not necessarily a secret sauce. It just takes effort, just takes grinding. So my name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. Every single person who goes to MyAmazonGuy.com and contacts us and fills out some information, I read every single one of those personally, and I will respond to them um, to help give you opportunities or options to help grow your sales on Amazon or solve a problem. So feel free to hit that subscribe button if you're not quite ready to hire us. Keep, keep watching, keep listening. We'll keep adding value wherever we can. We're always on the lookout to tell um, stories about, you know, other Amazon sellers. So if you got a journey you want to talk to us about, we'd be happy to do that. Just send us an email to podcasts at myamazonguy.com.